Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith, over at OneFootDown.com, on the SB Nation Network. And a very, very Merry Christmas to all of you out there. We are doing, uh, we're taking a little bit of a break uh, this week. Uh, it has been a long, long year, and uh, it's, it's Christmas week. Uh, the game is uh, next weekend, and I, I think we've uh, we kind of earned a, a bit of a vacation here. But we did not want to to leave everybody just kind of hanging dry uh, with, with the OFD podcast. Uh, we want you wet uh, with bourbon and joy. So what we decided to do was to republish uh, our Christmas present. We're regifting our Christmas gift from last year. Uh, we sat down last year and watched the, uh, the, the Hawaii bowl. Uh, we had a, I think it was like an hour edited version and, uh, and you can search that on the podcast thing. We, we had two versions. One was, uh, without the game audio. And so you could watch, uh, the video, which I will have, we'll put in this post, uh, on the site, uh, or one with the game video. So you can just go about your day and just, and, uh, just kind of hear what's going on there, but we loved, uh, we absolutely loved the Hawaii bowl. Uh, and because it was played on Christmas Eve, it's kind of a Christmas tradition. Now there's, there was a lot to it and we thought it was pretty special. So we had some fun doing that. Um, and so this year, uh, because there is, there are a lot of new, uh, OFD listeners, uh, we figured, Hey, everybody needs a piece of that pie. So this year we are going to re-gift that gift. Um, and, uh, and give that to you. So I think we will be, we are planning a kind of the middle of the week episode next week to start getting ready for, uh, to, or to get ready for, um, Notre Dame, Alabama and the college football playoff. Uh, but before we get to all that, I do want to take just a quick moment and I want to thank all of you, uh, every single one of you that have downloaded the show, uh, supported us, talked to us either, uh, in the comments uh, over at Apple Podcasts, uh, and by the way, I, we will all get to the um, uh, to the comment reading uh, again next week. Um, you know, just everybody that's, that's kind of brought this show in and made it a part of them. I can't I can't begin to describe how proud that makes uh, myself and Jude and Brendan uh, feel to uh, to become part of your lives. Now I've been running a website for a lot of years, uh, and I've always had that feeling, uh, that community feeling of people, whether it's on the site or on Twitter or whatnot. And there's just there's something special about uh, about the podcast stuff. I I, I I don't know if it's just because uh, you, somehow somebody out there uh, is standing to listen to my voice for long periods of time. And uh, obviously with this podcast, we go two and a half hours, like on average or whatever it is, or a three hour episode. Uh, it's just, it's kind of, it's really amazing. It amazes me that people will um, listen and, and hang out with us basically. Uh, but we've tried to make this as, as personal of a Notre Dame fan experience podcast as possible. Yeah, it's great, you know, with, uh, you know, access and, and all that stuff and which we have and and all that, and that's all fine and dandy, but, um, you know, we enjoy our fun, we enjoy our emotion, 
Uh, and we we definitely like to joke around, have a good time, and just to know that all of you are along for that ride it just makes it just un, unreal. It makes it so much better. Um, so again, I just I wanted to thank you all for listening, downloading. Uh, steal your mother's phone. Steal your brother's phone. Your child's phone. Download. <laughs> download this podcast uh give us a a five-star rating um it it all helps so but uh yeah so i hope you enjoy this if you heard this last year um i i got some pretty good feedback from it last year but if you have it if you if sometime between you know january uh and then this whole covid period um you never did get a listen to that. It, it was it was a lot of fun when we did that that night. Um, I can't quite remember how much we're going to be wrong, you know, when we're just rambling off things as far as like for the future. <laughs> so, but you know, it, it's a good time, um, and uh, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So, stay tuned for that. Uh, well, there'll be a qu- couple quick commercials to pay the bills, uh, and then we'll roll right on into the 2008. Hawaii Bowl extravaganza. And again, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will talk to you very soon. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Melikalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to the OFD podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles. And with me tonight are two of my uh, fellow OFDers. Jude Seymour and Brendan McAlinden. Guys, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, let's get in that uh, that holiday spirit, y'all. I mean, we are recording this uh, Friday night, December 20th. Uh, You will probably be listening to this closer to Christmas Eve. Uh, So this is our special Christmas present to all of y'all. And... uh, Christmas season means uh, means something special for everyone, and something that's really special to Notre Dame fans is, of course, that fantastic 2008 Hawaii Bowl victory. I love this game. I love this game so much. <laughs> I love every. I know I love everything about it. <laughs> it is the streak you know, The Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, the Hawaii Bowl is kind of a. Well, I'm just going to say it. The Hawaii Bowl is a trash bowl. And, uh, but this was, this was pure magic all the, all the way through. So Jude, we, uh, just to let everybody in, we, we sat, we sat around for about two and a half hours, uh, 
the day before uh, trying to do this and uh, nothing panned out for us. Uh, so this is our second go around. That's how much we think of you. Uh, hopefully you think of us and please rate and review, uh, especially over there in Apple podcast. That really helps us out. Uh, gets that podcast out to people. People can find us. You can look, there's a lot of good reviews about uh, the disdain for me and that's all right. I like to hear that. I mean, I don't like to hear that, but I, I want to hear the, uh, the true and positive feedback. That's fantastic. So if you can do that, that'd be great. So Jude, why don't you give us a little bit of background? I mean, this was 11 years ago now, right? So, I mean, some of our listeners may have been, you know, still in grade school um, while this game was going on. Uh, I, I so- mean, Plexical Burris had just shot himself in the leg. So, oh I my mean- God. <laughs> The current signing class of Notre Dame is only seven years old when this game is being played, right? Six years old in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it feels like, I mean, it really does feel just like yesterday. I watched this game. Crazy leather recliner that I love that I no longer have with a bunch of, uh, freshly made homemade, uh, apple pie booze. Uh, it was completely sauced by the second quarter. How I remember everything about this, I don't know. I, but I, I, I watched the the, all the the game all the way through, and uh, it it was just magic. It was pure magic. Yeah. So I want to try my best to take you guys back to two thousand eight. Um, it's it's kind of funny to think about where we are versus where we were then. Um, Notre Dame was trying to avoid its second consecutive losing se- losing season which by, I mean, the disastrous 2007 season, which we're all well aware of, but they came into this game six and six. And obviously if they had lost, it would be six and seven. And just to put that into context of, of Notre Dame, it's entire history, back-to-back losing seasons had only happened. Uh, this would have been the third time. And what was it? 112 seasons by this point. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, the stakes were pretty high and the narrative around this game coming in, was about the fact that Notre Dame had not won a bowl game. I'm not talking about a New Year's Six game or a New Year's Day game or a major bowl game, but any not game, any, any, bowl. Won any bowl game since January of 1994, the Cotton Bowl, Texas against Texas A&M. So, that includes losses in, like in the Orange Bowl and um, uh, the Fiesta Bowl a couple times. Yeah. Gator Bowl, uh, not the Micron PC. What was the one? The other one to Oregon State. That was um, uh, the, was that the one in '99? The Insight Bowl. It was the Bowl. Insight yeah. Bowl. Insight Bowl. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I keep wanting to say Micron PC, which is actually the uh, the, the um, Camping World Bowl. Was <laughs> uh, with the Micron Bowl, but yeah, the Insight Bowl. That was definitely one. That was one with uh, when Kent Bear got his uh, one game. Uh, of head coaching in. Absolutely. I had already been fired. So uh, speaking of um, coaches being fired, the, the narrative after um, the humiliating 38 to three loss to USC to close the season, which was on the heels of the loss to an eight lost Syracuse team, which was the first time Notre Dame had ever lost to a eight loss team in their entire history. And that Syracuse had already had coach, snowballs right? flying and yep. And Manti Teo in attendance. Um, the the narrative was is is um 
Chuck Weiss, Charlie Weiss said 28 and 21, going to keep his job. If this, if this record wasn't good enough for Tyrone Willingham, why is it good enough for Charlie Weiss? And obviously the, the mitigating factor of you just signed him to a huge contract extension in 2005, notwithstanding, right? After so, a loss. Yep. Uh, Jack Swarbrick was in his first year and he had decided um, between the, the time of the USC game and the time of this Hawaii bowl that uh, Weiss would be extended. He didn't give him a definitive timeline, but at the, at the very least he would start the 2009 season together. And um, they were allowing the players to have a, um, a, a bit of a say about where they would go because there were some options for Notre Dame. Um, like a fan vote. Like a fan vote. Like a fan vote. Exactly right. Um, so there was four options. There was Detroit for the Motor City Bowl, uh, which ended up being FAU CMU that year. Um, there was the Texas Bowl where they would have played Rice, which was in Houston. Um, there was the Independence Bowl against Louisiana Tech, and then obviously Hawaii versus Hawaii. So um, the the players overwhelmingly chose Hawaii. No huge surprise there. Um, but the administration also liked Hawaii because uh, it was going to be it was a game that was going to be broadcast on ESPN and that had a wider uh, audience than the Texas Bowl, for example, which was going to be on NFL, the NFL Network. And uh, obviously, Charlie Weiss liked uh, Hawaii because he was in the midst of trying to uh, convince Manti Teo to uh, to sign with with Notre Dame, which he which he would eventually do uh, the following February. So uh, it was kind of a win 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 for all all parties involved. Um, it was also a win for the Hawaii Bowl. Um, they paid out seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to each each team, um, and in return, they got the highest attendance, much higher attendance than they'd had the previous year. Uh, when they had hosted Boise State in East Carolina. So about 45,000 people came to this game, which, funny enough, was more than the number of people that came to see Notre Dame play in the regular season against Boston College on the road. So um, with, that kind of, uh, with that kind of background, um, I think that's kind of where uh, the 2008 season... Again, Notre Dame was uh, favored by 2.5 points coming into this game, or 1.5 based on the odds maker you were looking at. Um, but they were sliding. They'd started the season four and one, but had finished two and five. And I mentioned that the losses to Syracuse and USC. Um, so there wasn't a lot of faith. A brutal USC game. Where were you when Notre Dame got their first first down in that football game? Do you remember where you were? Passed uh, out. I, 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 was, I was getting ready to, to, to <laughs> pop a bowl of popcorn to start like the fourth quarter. And uh, yeah, I, no, I, was, I was already passed out. I wasn't uh, drinking in 2008, but I probably was seriously considering it that night. That was, um, that was not, not the best effort. And, and, and Jimmy Clausen, uh, as great a game that he, that he has here that we're just about to watch. Um, he was just, he was awful. His last, uh, five or so games, uh, the, the touchdown interception ratio, I believe was two to seven, if I recall correctly. So, uh, it just was, it was going sideways. And yeah. Just Floyd, got nicked, before, Floyd got nicked up and then the whole thing just kind of went sideways. Yeah. And just real quick before we, before we move forward to about that with Clawson, like, look, Charlie Weiss, this was a, and people that watch this team remembered, this was a terrible defensive team. And the team was pretty much put on Jimmy Clawson's shoulders uh, or, or a combination of Jimmy and, Jimmy and Kyle and golden and, and Floyd. Uh, so, you know, if when things weren't clicking a little bit and their you know, defense keeps coughing up yards of points, uh, they put themselves, they put themselves in some, a lot of bad positions. So 
so yeah, <laughs> uh, th- th- there was a lot of uh, extra extra oomph on those guys, and you know, Jimmy Clausen, you know, he was still only a sophomore in two thousand and eight. Yeah, I mean, before we get started, too, uh, the hottest take you'll hear going into this game is I. I think that you can say almost with absolute certainty that if the players decided to go to any other bowl or the administration decided to go any other bowl, Notre Dame does not play in the 2012 national title game. I don't think that there's a question. Uh, They needed to pay homage to to Teo. It was, yeah, his recruitment I, was, I that think co- if, was that close. Yeah, it, absolutely. It was like it was that night. The, the, the night 2008 Hawaii Bowl decided. was a turning point for Notre Dame football in ways that have been unimagined until until now. You're absolutely correct, Brendan. Yeah, if they don't if they don't play out of their mind in this game and give Teo like a reason to, and they don't rack up the sacks that they do, and they don't uh, show something. Uh, yeah, I don't think Teo signs with Notre Dame, and I'm, that means Notre Dame's not in the 2012 national title game. Yeah, somehow God doesn't tap him on the shoulder in the middle of the night and tell him Notre Dame. You, you get you got <laughs> yeah. you got to think. <laughs> So, all right. So, what, what we're doing, I guess I did, I explained it in the first take uh, from yesterday. So, what we're going to do is we're going to watch this game. We have it scrubbed down to about an hour length. And so, uh, uh, I'm hoping that uh, my my audio engineering skills will be good enough that you'll be able to hear uh, the background of the game going a little bit. We got it scrubbed down to an, one hour and seven seconds. And, and so, we're going to watch it. And look, you got plenty of stuff to do, right? It's Christmas time. You got toys to put together, stickers to put on. Uh, maybe you're still rapping. Hopefully you're not out there uh, trying to break into Walgreens, which is like the only place open Christmas Eve uh, <laughs> to, to finish up. But uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to watch this game. We're going to comment on it. We'll have some fun. Um, and, you know, if you want, there's going to be, I'll, we'll, I'll put the link up. It's, it's on YouTube. Uh, our hour long version will be up on the site. So if you're watching this on your desktop, you can sync it up. We're going to sync one, two, three, go, uh, hit play, and we're going to watch this game and, uh, and have some fun. Reminisce about uh, one of the more intriguing bowl games in Notre Dame history, uh, and for many, many reasons that we've already discussed. So let's no further uh, further pumping it up, guys. You get ready. Third line roar. I'm ready. All right. Remember, it's one, two, three, go. <laughs> It's like the Bruce Willis. All right, one, two, three, go. For Notre Dame. Charlie Weiss told us that Hughes will start. Here we go with the kickoff. As we're underway on Christmas Eve, deep kickoff. You got to imagine nowadays that would just be a down, you know? Yeah. (laughs) He's not taking it out of the end. Almost three games at the end of the season. But a playmaker for Notre Dame. So one of the things I noticed kind of watching this game was they, they mixed up uh, Jimmy under center versus Jimmy versus shotgun. He really, I, I think it's pretty obvious when the 2019 Notre Dame offense is going to pass. Um, well, because they're never under center, but uh, so there's no mixing it up like that, but this team really did mix it up in terms of giving uh, different looks well, to the, the defense. And we still had, I mean, they use Hughes uh, as an up back, um, fullback here and there too but uh they still had uh i believe they still had asap swap uh in 2008 didn't they so i mean you're still using a fullback and weiss is a pro guy there's a catch from floyd i think that's the lone appearance by floyd in this game no he's he played he said that he said that the other day you see him later yeah he's a he's definitely uh definitely in later this half for sure 
In fact, he drops one of the four incompletions that the. Uh, now this is something right here. This screen yeah. right there. That's the. That's one of the things I miss a lot from the Weiss days is the ability to run a screen. And they did it a lot in this game. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of different types of screens. And if you're just listening to this, you know, the line consists of like Dan Wenger, uh, Chris Stewart, um, Eric Olson, uh, Sam Young. Or not Sam Young. Yeah, Sam Young's on this team. Yeah, there he is. Uh, 38th Street or 38th Street start, I believe, for Sam Young. Yeah, I mean, he started started for Georgia Tech his freshman year, didn't he, all the way through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Underrated in his career in Notre Dame because of the seasons that he had to go through. But Yeah, so it couldn't have been 38 games, but maybe it was – let's see. But uh, Mike Turkovich is out, out there too. That's a, that's all right, a so name this is tough. Off. This is – this. Tate has it in his hands, right? This is the first incompletion of the four. Tate has it in his hands. I'm not sure if this cut shows it. Um, but he just really can't he can't keep it in bounds. That's the top part. So they got a punt. Yeah, that's a little you know, I remember watching this too, thinking, all right, now we're punting away. I mean there was there like I said, this was a, a two point spread kind of game. You know, so you're like, all right, we just put it away. We'll let the fireworks begin, right? And you definitely have those same feelings that you get even watching now where it's like they punt on their opening possession and that feeling sort of sneaks in and you're like, oh, shit, is it going to be one of these? Yeah, no doubt. Love seeing Sergio out there, man. That's That's been my man for, for many, many, many years, man. Many years, uh, criminal, criminal. That he he's gonna block a punt here coming up. Yeah, this, this is one of Sergio Brown's games, and that, hey, that's how he made it his mark in the league. Special teams. I mean, how Kyle McCarthy started over him, I'll, I'll never figure it out ever. This is criminal. Well, I can tell you, that's my big, that's my same staff that decided that uh, Harrison Smith wasn't a safety, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got one of the best safeties of the NFL playing outside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, you see him in this game time, playing but... outside linebacker, right? Yeah. Did he end, did he end up playing safety in 2009 and Charlie's last year? Yeah, he ended up playing safety in yes. 2009, I think. Right. The, this was his last season as a uh, as a linebacker, and you see him in this game. And well, this. I, maybe it was more so. Yeah, it was a lot this year. Remember, you just see you seen him like jump up in the air. He was getting a helmet to his crotch, like every other play. Like they would blitz him constantly. Let's see, this is this is typical Notre Dame 2008 defense. So soft, just so soft. Yeah, Rayshon McNeil out there on the at one corner. I did. Uh, Robert Bland down the other uh, Playing more of like uh, The field corner oh, Man he's just watching Like There's nobody around It is so different You know watching their team's defense nowadays Here's McCarthy Yeah It's just and if you're Notre Dame so fan, in what now, there's, point now, there, did you, now there's a good sack right there. That was a big collapse. Kerry Neal, Kerry Neal, Neal wow. getting in on some action. Kerry Neal uh, is a is a trainer now in Chicago, and he trains a lot of uh, the the prospects that are kind yeah, of in that area. There was a there was a new name in that brought him up 
I can't I can't recall who that was. It was, it was a, one of our new recruits. Yeah, it was um, the guy from Lake Forest. Which one is the one from Lake Forest? Is it Riley? Yeah, Riley Mills. That's right. That's right. Uh, Tommy Reese is high school. Yep. So yeah, what point did you guys get turned over on the uh, names on the back of the jerseys? Oh, I've loved it ever since they've been doing it. Um, I, 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 we talked about this on the board. Because this is the one that this is the one that I remember the the names coming back on, right? Right. This is the first time that they put the names back on the jersey since Tim Brown's senior season, which would have been '87. Which was a was a Notre Dame tradition beforehand for yeah. the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a kick. And, and that's and how I always thought is like. And Lou ended it for whatever Lou, reason. Right. Lou, Lou continued it and then ended it. Well, most Notre Dame fans think every Notre Dame tradition, everything for the whole era was like a 50-year tradition uh, when right. it just wasn't. Well, <laughs> like the plan, like a people, Well, just like, like any like I mean. Champion. The gold pants. Even like even old timers, their vision of what Notre Dame football is traditionally is based off of the Lou Holtz era because it's a traditional look. You know what I mean? There's a throw behind the line. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this for a while now. We're just gonna throw behind the line and just run this play. Look at this five wide. People are on message boards are dying. Rudolph over the middle. Yeah, why not? Got Cal Rudolph streaking down the middle. Got smacked pretty hard. I do love the fact that it is a Minnesota Vikings All-Star This is a Minnesota Vikings All-Star team, right? With Blanton and Cal Rudolph. I believe Dan Wenger played. I don't. I thought Dan Wenger was on the Vikings for a little bit. Oh, they were. I mean, it was like Pokemon. They were trying to catch them all. They were trying to get that whole 2008 Notre Dame team on the on the Vikings roster. Kind of like what San Diego's doing now. Yeah. Yeah. With our first of and or not San Diego, but you know what I mean. The L.A. Chargers. I mean, they're San Diego to me. That's our first or second now of a thousand shots of, of Charlie Weiss in the booth. It's, as you recall, he, he had the uh, the ripped ACL because John Ryan got blocked into him in the Michigan game and ripped out his uh, and he landed weird on his leg. So he hasn't had the surgery yet. And so he's been putting off the surgery and now he can't basically stand. And it was really it was this game. It was this performance in this game that, that put that put that that. That thought that ever that some people thought, well, can we just get a new head coach and Weiss can stay and be offensive coordinator, just keeping him in the booth? Like, like Weiss would, like a guy with that kind of ego would take that kind of demotion. But I mean, honestly, like Charlie Weiss in the press or in the booth is a fantastic play caller. I mean, he, he really, I mean, I don't care what anyone says, he, he did, he's got Super Bowl rings, he'll show them to you. He does a good job calling plays. That was a good spot for him. He's not a head football coach, but that put the, well, that put the to Florida and fizzled out. Right. Didn't he, he ended up down in Florida. Uh, well, who's staff would have been, it would have been, um, was it Wayne staff or Muschamp staff? I, I thought he was there with Muschamp. Yeah. Yeah. It was Muschamp before my, what would you pay that. to have that? On, on the roster. Oh, I don't think we could say that. I think we might be breaking NCAA rules. 
<laughs> I mean, I went in a heartbeat. People accuse me of being a bad And, and I mean, did you see the earlier run from uh, Robert Hughes? Yeah. yeah. The type of running Robert Hughes would do with so the, the, the line that we have now that just the, the quick cuts north south would just he'd eat. Robert, Robert Hughes makes me really mad about uh, what another name is actually recruiting misses. It was someone they passed on this this year, but uh, uh, Tyreek Murphy, who from New York, ended up going to Purdue. Another name took a pass on. He was he was your bigger back. I, I still think they should have used a scholarship. Uh, there was one to use that could have got him there. And look, at, he needs a power back. Look at that guy. Swap, swap on the lead block there. Love it. Just clapping off them pads. Yeah. God, he was. And, um, yeah, yeah. For all, I mean, we can, for we, can, all the, we can do a whole thing about the final drive against USC with Robert Hughes in 2009 oh, yeah. or 2010 just putting the team on his back it's great but you know for all the talks from this game it's about Jimmy Clausen's performance because it was amazing but you know there you go your first drive nine plays 87 yards and ended up with a uh, Robert Hughes touchdown well it's the second drive and Hughes, and Hughes, and Hughes was yeah sorry second drive but Hughes was uh was highlighted quite a bit, you know, in this game. Well, and he caught a screen too, because the screen yeah. path would use. I mean, yeah, I would say he was, he's highlighted quite a bit in this game. His signature, yeah. Notre Dame kicking off after the touchdown. I just, uh, I just oh. yearn for the days when, when uh, kick returns, because uh, this was before the they pushed the kickoff forward and before they put it out to the 25. So kick returns were a viable thing in, two, in the world of 2008. Dude, I don't know about you, but I love seeing the WAC logo on this field. <laughs> I've been yearning for. I, I, I was especially yearning to go back to like mid '90s football. Here we go, Ethan Johnson, right? Oof. Yeah, that's the kind of thing where Manti's watching this game up in the stands, and he's getting excited seeing the linebackers make some plays in the backfield. Now, some people are gonna think we're crazy. I mean, but that. You know, we're all giddy about this Hawaii Bowl, but what, what, what you said, Brendan, was so on point was that this was such a turning point for the future. And even if you don't like what the future is, if you're a funny duddy, look at that. There's Sergio blocking. Yeah. Now he's also going to get himself a 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct because he's basically taunting. Oh, I love it. Love it. I don't care. Sign me up for that. Yeah, I'll take it every time. I don't care. Look at him. Oh, look at him. He's flying, man. He's just flying up there. Full spread. And that's one of those 15 yarders. It's, it's early in the game. The stakes aren't really involved. And just the side the sideline was going nuts. Right back to that offset, offset eye with Jimmy under center. You know, and Klausen doesn't get enough credit for being as tough as he was, too, at Notre Dame. You know, he took a – I just think of that watching him slide, and I was thinking, you know, he took such a pounding, you know, in 2007. And in 2009, he played injured almost the entire season. With the turf toe, yeah. The turf toe, right? Yeah, yeah which it, which does they? I wish there was a better name for turf toe because it makes it sound. It, it all. I think Rocket had turf toe once. I remember as a kid thinking, "Who cares?" Uh, <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, it's such an awful, awful feeling. Bet your rocket cared pretty deeply. Oh, uh, <laughs> I remember being a kid thinking that only mattered if they were on artificial turf, too. Mm. <laughs> I did not become a doctor. Hawaii came into this game giving up 49 sacks, which w- would have been an NCAA record. Um, the year before. Yeah, but Notre Dame had more the year before, 58. I, I had to leave this in the stream. Uh, Charlie and his crutches. White. Looking, looking young. That Kansas job really aged him. What's Harrison Smith on that uh, shoestring tackle to uh, keep a big play before that, too? I mean, you see Harrison Smith all over the field. They play a lot of nickel. Can I see? They got they got Sergio and McCarthy out there at the same time. Nice tap in the line there. There he is making a play. Harrison Smith making a play. He's all over the field in this game. He's an all-time bowl performer. I mean, he had a great 2010 Sun Bowl against Miami, too. He had three oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was two or th- it was three, right? I think it was three, yeah. 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 Whatever. He, he played a huge role in that, uh, that gorgeous. That's another one of the, the great bowl wins. In a trash game. Miami's just showing up in snowsuits. Yeah, looking like uh, Randy from Christmas Story. I can't I believe this guy is still on the. I got. Uh, how about Brian Kelly getting a pair of uh, cowboy boots and and uh, putting? Did you ever remember the leg up picture that? Uh, oh yeah, putting them up. Oh, I, oh, I posted iconic. this quite a bit. Yeah, and the sombrero. And, 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 so I never forget the sombrero. Yep. It's this one away. El Churro. Tate fields it at the 38. Spins out of the goal. Oh, God. Look at him go. It's so gross watching, like watching Tate play. play. <laughs> and the thing is, is he's no different than the NFL. He was showboating last weekend doing the same stuff that he does now. His, his running then. style just, is just so unique. I mean, I, the way he plays football is just like it's unique. Like a jitterbug. Yeah, that's exactly Armando. right. Armando. Armando. Well, remember, Golden was a running back in, in high school. ESPN, of all the recruiting rankings, was the only one that thought he thought he was really worth something. Gets about six or seven yards. I love seeing this eye formation. Another pass that's behind. A, that's, a, that's the white yeah. staple right there. Yeah. And that's just all hustle to get out there from uh, a boy. Golden. It's kind of one of those wink, wink type answers from him. I get the feeling that Charlie Weiss will be back on the sideline and calling plays for Notre Dame next season. I really hated it Andre we were talking on this game. Just an Okay, so that one hits Grimes in the hands. So that's the incompletion number two. Incompletion number two. It really is a Malik Zaire, Texas-like performance. Which oh. is absolute perfection. Golden. He's just so much fun. I mean, anybody who... Look, the 2009 season was not fun for a lot of reasons, but Golden Tate made it a lot of fun, especially when they were basically using him in the wild. David Grimes. One-handed, too, right? One-handed. Yeah. Underrated. Also, David Grimes this time another day. I think we brought it up in the uh, the failed uh, attempt yesterday, but 
the idea of Jimmy Clausen and Golden Tate as seniors in 2010 coming back just it would have been something to behold. Yeah, I, I was gonna I've been I was gonna do a post on that for a little while, and I was just going through like game by game. I was like. It's picking up steam. Like, that's a win. That's a win. That's a win. <laughs> yeah, the losses from 2010. It's like, oh. I, I love mean, the graphic. First touchdown pass in a bowl game. Well, they didn't really go to a bowl game last year, so. <laughs> God, there's that's one of those sort of trash shade. Well, the, the funny thing is because at, because of this game, Jimmy Clausen is tied for second for most career touchdown passes thrown by a Notre Dame player uh, in a bowl game in in in, in, a, in a career bowl games. Like some guys got three shots at it, he got one. <laughs> well, we haven't been very good at scoring lately in bowl games. Alexander in trouble again, and did well to get positive yardage. Yeah, this this Hawaii offense isn't doing much, but. This is no, actually this is the year after Colt Brennan, right? Colt Brennan left. Uh, uh, yes. They were 12 and two the year prior. Yeah. We got housed by Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. But. Who was that? Was that Darius Fleming crawling to get that that shoestring there? Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe. Chippy. Notre Dame's chippy with Hawaii. Now Hawaii gets pretty bold in their bowl games. There was once a fight in a Hawaii bowl between Hawaii and Houston and Veely, the mascot got involved. It was a bench clearing brawl. That's excellent. Right in, front of my, right in front of my boy. That's Sergio. No, t- no two claps for that one. No, no, no. He needs more game experience. They held him back all them years. Ridiculous. Uh, could you imagine Gene at this game? Christmas oh, it would have been an absolute blast. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was 79 degrees. I mean, it, it must have been so much fun. Perfectly sunny. Uh, Notre Dame, for the most part, just rolls over them. I mean, I was having oh, a blast. Uh, defense is just so terrible. And there is talent on that field too. It is just this is, that's ridiculous. So, as a Notre Dame fan, suffering through a six and six season when Hawaii scores here, you've got to be thinking. Yeah, you uh, were still stressed out right here with eight twelve left in the half. Yeah, and it's about to be fourteen seven. You were still stressing. Yeah, because Hawaii gets the ball back in the, to begin with in the second half. Yeah, that, I remember the stress factor here. It's like, ugh. Just gotta hold on, boys. I remember just thinking that. I watched this at I watched this at my in-laws' house, and they didn't have ESPN, so I had to find like a pirate stream, and then like uh, hook up my computer with like a wire to their their television, and like so that I could watch it on a bigger screen. So I probably watched it at the same potato quality we're currently watching it now. <laughs> yeah, the 240p. <laughs> There's Grimes. That was a catch. You have, no, you, have to, you have to wonder why no one has made um, or. Or no company like an NBC or ESPN has it made available. Just all of these games exist somewhere. Yeah, in, and they've got and they have right quality, right? I've, I've talked to people at Notre Dame about this, about how I would gladly pay a monthly 
you know thing for just you make the game since what it was 92 where they took over the contract make all the yeah. NBC games available uh, to stream at any time I mean it's just like you know some of them look some of them were you know brought that oh god gold tape golden just I, running yeah, under got, like a center fielder like just the same right hey past, hey dude. kid running under yeah say hey kid running under a fly ball. 38 y- air yards 69 total yards nice Olsen, look, look like shirtless guy in the crowd. Love it. Sure. His wife wearing a towel, essentially. <laughs> I mean, that was, Tate just ran right past that cat. Like, no effort. Which was a, I mean, which is a Tate trademark anyways, right? Like, it looks so effortless at times, and his hands were just so incredibly strong. It must have been such a blast for Jimmy to just say, I'm going to throw it, and he's to a spot, and he's going to run underneath it. You know? That's how that's how Deshaun probably felt playing with Will Fuller, right? Just pick a spot and throw. People blow me shit for years because, you know, if we had a Notre Dame draft, number one player I'd pick is Will and remains Jimmy Clausen. Nobody threw that ball. No, there was no better pure passer than at Notre Dame than Jimmy Clausen. He was on some crap teams for lots of reasons that didn't involve him. I mean, can you imagine having Dane Christ or uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, even Tommy Reeves on these teams where he had no help. I don't, I don't. Nobody threw a deep ball better than Jimmy, and he had great. You know, with. Tate there, that was a perfect person to throw the D-ball to. So, we can't let that Affleck trivia question go in unanswered. What oh, was no, I left, I left in there. Yeah. Uh, the, the who, was the, who was the last Notre Dame quarterback to win a bowl game? Now, remember, it's 2008, so. Josh, you know? Oh, yeah, it was Kevin McDougal. Kevin McDougal, sure. I mean, that's burned into everybody's brains. I mean, and after so many. And, and that, that's the thing is, in, in 2000, if you were a fan of Notre Dame in 2008, I mean, there, this stands to reason that was a pretty easy Affleck trivia question. Today, it might be a little bit harder, but. Yeah, who was the last Notre Dame quarterback to throw uh, a touchdown pass in a bowl game? Uh, uh, Ian Book. Yeah, Ian Book at the end of the Music City Bowl. No. Citrus Bowl. Citrus Bowl, yeah. Citrus Bowl. Yeah. It wasn't one of the top twenty. The Citrus Bowl wasn't one of the top twenty-five greatest. I was always saying that. Take a shot at it. Shot at our club's <laughs> performance. <laughs> that soft defense. I don't know if you. I, 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 did you see that? Um, to uh, Ivan Mansell put, you know, he does the the commemorating the season thing and the twenty-five greatest football games of all time in the. Uh, 2014 Music City Bowl was one of the 25 greatest college football games of all time. Yeah, but this you know what, was tra- the, what was trash about that list was the the uh, national championship game between Miami and Ohio State was not on there in the top like 15 or 20 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. The Wilson McGahee Phantom I, Pass I Interference. I, I just think that, that that's a, that was a great game, you know, as a pure football game. But yeah, that, well, I mean, the Music City Bowl was pretty dope. That was a hell of an ending. I had T-shirts made for that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there we go. Like a giz- what are you? This is this is this is crazy. The level of awareness that you're you're falling down and you flip it to a guy who's also ready to to receive it. I think you know, that's amazing. But do you remember the 2007 Stanford game when they did that? You remember that right at the end of the half that they ended up calling a penalty on 
there was a bunch of laterals and Zibikowski ended up getting it and running, running it all the way back. No. You don't remember that. 2007 Stanford. Yes. Yeah. There's things about the 2007 game that I remember, specifically a touchdown being taken off the board. Yeah. Well, that, there was two. Grimes got robbed and so did uh, Zibby. Hey, what is David Grimes doing these days? I, I mean, he was the strength coach for Notre Dame. Assistant strength coach. Is he still there? Yeah. yeah. He's still on the sidelines. Okay. Does he have to be pushed back? or? <laughs> I think uh, all that's water under the bridge. Isn't that crazy how no one, no one talks about that anymore? Yeah, they'll bring it up when they're when they're going to trash up. Kelly. No, the fact that the guy's still on the on the coaching staff. I, d- I disagree. They don't bring it up. They bring up purple face, but they never bring up the the shoving incident. Oh, and you're not reading the same message board as I am because they okay. they will absolutely bring up putting his hands on a coach. Here's the third incomplete, and you know tough ball, but Floyd does have it at a point where we're down with that. Got it in. Wasn't Michael Floyd's best day? James Aldridge. No, I mean he's he's a freshman at this point, right? That's a that's a freshman out there, playing in his first game in three. James weeks. Aldridge, future future rugby player. James Aldridge. Well, actually, seven weeks because probably there was three weeks between the bowl game and the last game. They're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. This is great. No, it's great. And, and Chuck brought his kid. To, he brought it was bring your kid to work day too because you'll see Charlie Junior. Um, sidelines towards the end of the game. He was bringing his kid to work day every day. He was at Notre Dame. Yeah, I was going to say he was there. <laughs> Headphones on and everything. Or headset on, I should say. He was like an assistant. Hey, he's got a job coaching major college football, right? He's doing fine. Sure does. He was on... Uh, and Kiffin was on, oh, um, Kyle Rudolph just going up. This yeah, is, yeah. reminds me about like an Eifer play, right? Just throw it up and hope, hope he grabs it. Real quick, Eifert versus Rudolph. Who do you take? Oh, Rudy. Rudy. Eifert had better. Eifert had better body control on uh, catch radius, but Rudolph would run someone over, and nobody was better at figuring out a way to get open in the end zone. And I mean, it even tells the truth. I mean, here they go. The bull, the bull record quarterbacks just going right through him. Tom Krug. Son-in-law to Dick Vitale. Did he start the Orange Bowl in 95? Is that what game he said? Okay. That was pretty much sealed our, sealed our fate. Yeah. Against Florida State in 95. Who, who was hurt? Uh, that was, uh, what was Paulus in 95? Was it Paulus in 95? Yeah. It was 94, 95, 96. 97. Yeah, and just go back. Uh, yeah, I'll be the uh, the different. Uh, I'll take Eifert. Fort Wayne represent, by the way. Should, do like, I go? You like the mu- the mullet and the uh, shitty taste in beer? <laughs> Fantastic taste in beer. I think it's Shots what fired. Oh. Yeah, oh, uh, look at that. So that looks familiar. Now this, now this series, this series of events that happens here so is pretty weird. incredible. Yeah. You know, Notre Dame gets out of the five there. It's first a goal. Now this is another oh. backward play. Yeah, you drop, you drop for a loss on that sweep. Allen on a sweep. Yeah. Is he gonna throw? It looked like he was gonna throw there for a second. He thought about it. Yeah. So now you're sitting at third and goal on what? On the fourteen? 
Yeah. Yeah, third goal of the 14. 18. Clock's dripping. Seven, six, five balls in the air. And, oh, just a dime. Just Woo. And how does he get how does he get he's, he's double covered? There's two people there. The Hawaii coach has got like the okay. 500 yard stare. And it's one second before the half. I mean, this is yeah. this is this is this is the guy, this is the heartbreaker right here. I mean, Andre Ware, go Irish. Andre Ware, who's normally a Notre Dame hater, could not help himself this game. He fell completely head over heels for Jimmy Clausen. I mean, look at this, just dropping it down. Yeah, I tried to scrub as many um, replays as I could out of this football game, but there was, I, I just could not take it out of that one because Golden was just oof. Well, the other thing is the review takes 15,000 minutes, so yeah. I'm happy for that. You probably saved yourself. So now we are, we are rolling on the second half. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fair catch. In, you know, at this point, our name's take out seven. I, I think we were all feeling pretty good about ourselves, right? I remember, I remember Jordan, or not Jordan, but uh, uh, Jesse Palmer at halftime of this game just going crazy about Notre Dame's offensive performance. Yeah, 300 pass here. Like point out that they, they eschew the rushing yards, uh, by the way. I, I do like the fact that they sneakily go passing yards, total yards, uh, leaving out the, the rushing yards in this game being uh, not quite not quite the greatest at 27. Uh, they had a, quite a few... Uh, what the hell was that? That guy just wants to quit. Yeah. There were a lot of four-longed looks from that Hawaii quarterback uh, during the course of this yeah, football he, game. Yeah, he was done, man. He was done at this point. Batted down by Neal on second down and ten. Ugh. And Sergio Brown in there as well on the quarterback, Greg Alexander. <laughs> Gary ship with the, uh, the Hawaii, the Hawaii uh, offense. Good sack. You know what? We should have, we should have asked Kerry Neal if he wanted to watch this game with us. It probably would have been a hoot. <laughs> But I mean, the impact that the linebackers this this goes to my point with Manti. The impact that the linebackers had in this football game just because I mean, in the backfield, it's uh, oh, the no. linebackers. David Grimes, a little loosey goosey with those hands, Try, trying to run before he had the ball. I can't, I can't quite remember what, what was it. Tate was our primary punt returner, though, wasn't he that year? Well, yeah. So here's the thing. This is the thing to, to note about the going forward. See if David Grimes returns another punt for the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one time they let Miles Boykin return a uh, what was it a, wasn't it a punt against Michigan State and he, he coughed it up and they're like, yeah, we're done with this. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Hughes. The, he, he, he had such a hole. He didn't know what to do. He, see, he didn't know what yeah, to do. Yeah. <laughs> he juked nothing. He, he yeah, juked he, air. Because he, really he, no, he was nobody. like, there's supposed to be someone here. And he just didn't juke there. <laughs> they already have 18 first downs. And it's still it just started the second half. another screen. And this yep. is a beauty screen. Because there he goes. Armando Allen. Yay, yay, yay. Screen pass working. Beautifully set up. Yeah, I... 
I, I'll say it. The white screens were just the best. And you're right, dude. They ran them all the time. And Jimmy Clausen's just doing what he did in high school. Lighten it up. Hughes hit hard by Elementary. Yeah, I am. I, 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 don't, I didn't quite remember that they ran so much under center this game. Yeah. Yeah, they they ran a lot. I mean, Brady was under center a lot. And the only reason I think in 2009 that they came out of center as much and put Jimmy back no in shotgun was well, he, we had, well, no running game, but also the turf toe. It was tougher for him to, to have the mobility. Oh, yeah, good point. Because yeah. earlier in the season, he was still under center, but after the turf was Allen. Another screen. Another screen. Yep. This one for a touchdown. Quick, quick question. In the last two, in, ooh, let's say, in the Chip Long era RIP, do you think he ran as many successful screens as Charlie ran in the singular game against Hawaii? Because this drive alone, there's been four, and they have not run four successful <laughs> screens. That, all that, that, that I think they've run held up by his dad. Probably, probably. I don't think that's not that's not hyperbole, is it? I don't think so. I mean, it's 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 close enough where it can't or it's not. It may not be true, but it's close enough where it's not hyperbole. Thirty-five seven. So they just panned to a shot of like a little kid being held up by his dad. Maybe looked like you know my son's age, maybe like six seven years old or whatever. Like that kid's probably at Notre Dame now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if he's not, then I guarantee. Or Arizona State because uh, he couldn't get in. <laughs> Brian Polian was at his house over the weekend. Just a four-man rush for Notre Dame. Right, Brian Polian basically and lived we, the entire we, early months of December in Hawaii, didn't he? Oh, penalty flag! Harrison Smith dropping a knee. That, that quarterback wasn't up to do Smith. with life. And we said it in the in the failed podcast, I think, um, or maybe in our earlier discussions. But I, I just wish Notre Dame would play in Hawaii once a year, regardless. You know, but thirteenth data point be damned. I just I love the Poly kids. There are a bunch of players over there in Hawaii. We've got a mini pipeline going already. I mean, things are already in the cooker. Uh, it's it just a, it's a nice thing to get over there to them. There's a respect thing. I mean, it's a big thing, right? Like like family respect, the whole Ohana thing, and to be over there. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. This sealed the deal for Teo. So and there's plenty of them over. There's plenty of good players over there. Oh, here's a curious thing. Oh, nice. What I would suggest is, so Notre Dame wants to end the season every year in California, correct? That's why we play Stanford, and that's why we play USC. And I'm not saying yeah, we can't to, talk about to, I'll go off a rant. You <laughs> can't change that. But so the well, rest, can change that. The rest of the country is playing. Season. It could be well, hold up. in October. You could roll that in. Was what if Notre Dame were to still do that, but then in college football championship, as a nightcap for the the rest of the action while all of the conference championship games are over, what if every year Notre Dame's flying well, out after is, Hawaii's got their, their own trip. conference? And you know, if they, yeah. true. But you could do this. This could be like this could be the opening weekend. Like Notre Dame's going to go play in play in Ireland, right? And then have a bye week. You could absolutely do that with Hawaii every single year. Why they would sign up for that? For sure. Why don't we play BYU in Hawaii? Dude, we're not playing BYU. 
within the rules here. <laughs> Why don't we uh, steal we some of the from contract. Army Navy and it's, play the it's weekend? It's going to happen. They're going to play in Las Vegas. You know it's going to happen. Automatic first down. I don't know. I think, I. well, we caught word of Cal. I think maybe that's going to be Cal in Las Vegas. I think no. that's why we haven't heard about, about it Cal is, a, Cal is another name. Cal will be the Shamrock Series game in Las Vegas. You watch. Okay. It's recorded now. There's going to be one at the, uh, <laughs> the new, call, the new stadium putting in there. I disagree. But we, I mean, we've uh, we've had this conversation before. That's the absolute like what we think is probably going to happen is BYU in Vegas. But right. I think the Cal game is going to be Vegas Shamrock Series before. That's that's not a bad take because they'll play in Davis. Davis is making that new stadium out there. For the, the Raiders are moving to Vegas, and they could put Notre Dame in that stadium, bring some some um, some people in the seats to it. You can have sort of that Tim Brown connection. They want it. Right they want to do it for sure. They want to do it for sure. Well, Brendan, the thing you don't understand either is the, the Look at this. Oh, here it is. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's just, it's... Next to be a DB that day. The men playing against infants in that case. I mean, it's just incredible what Golden Tate and Jimmy Clausen could do to somebody. Uh, top two religions in Las Vegas Roman Catholics and LDS Money and, and Mormonism Oh It's not Mormonism I was going to say money <laughs> They don't like They actually don't like the term Mormonism I just got done listening to Like a six part series on uh, On Mormons <laughs> For a podcast A lot of good stuff in there No dude I'm with you I mean I think that's going to happen But but I think maybe not as soon as as all that. It seems like Notre Dame is uh, holding BYU out on a line. You might want to flip flop your flights stay around and have some of that. Who is the Hawaii Bowl sponsored these days? It's not Sheridan anymore. No, no, no. In fact, this might have been the last. Um, I don't know about that, but holding a holding penalty against Hawaii. They went. It's a great sponsor, right? And Sheridan, a big. The SoFi, big one. Yeah, the SoFi. So second and. I don't even. Is that is that software? Yeah, I think they're telecom. SoFi is a telecom company. Okay. So that's uh that's great. I liked it when it was the Conagra uh, Foods Hawaii Bowl. Oh my God, Michigan three and nine. Got yeah, it. I love to sit here too. Love <laughs> it. See it. Love yeah. it. Yeah, that's a little bit of shade. Hey, that Utah Alabama Sugar Bowl game was really good too. It was really good. Um, obviously, Alabama players didn't want to. They 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 weren't excited about playing. They just didn't want to get up for it. You know. You know. That Utah team was fantastic. I I remember using uh, I use Utah and uh, for all my. Uh, Dynasty action in NCAA. We had a had a group of friends here in town that uh, you know you pass your memory card along. Like man, get your games in. <laughs> and I and we all took you know kind of mid major schools. Utah was mine. And then at some point you guys got together to play each other and like championship yes. games. Yep. Okay. absolutely. We, there was uh, five of us, so you 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 had your card. You played whatever games you could play, and then hand it off. And then if you had whoever had to play each other, you just you had to go you had to go get played. So during the football season, 
I think we actually got like three actual seasons in, which is quite a bit. We had a lot of time on our hands. Defense is so soft. I'm surprised they've only given up seven points. I mean, Hawaii committed some grievous errors, obviously, with the fumble and the block punt. And I don't think we've seen the interception yet, right? Uh, no, we saw the interception. Yeah, we saw the interception. Yeah, it was earlier. Uh, remember, it was uh, your boy Sergio got in the act. Oh, no, very excited. Or, yeah, Bruton got in the act. Sergio with the, the block, though. They just go with the football. Chunks of yards. Yeah. His defense. For him to return for a sixth year. And, and it's not even the second teamers at this point. No, no. These, these guys are still gaming. These are still the starters. Look at that terrible tap. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at that how is, awful that is. Was that Bruton? Or, yeah, it was Bruton, I think. Ugh. Oh, I man, mean, we Hawaii do sort of. I mean, they got 14 points now. I mean, imagine. We do imagine, take for granted just how sound tackling is now compared to what it was, you know, basically the entire Weiss era. That feels like Alze Mack celebrating the, uh, was it the touchdown or the two point conversion? Miami. Yeah, against Miami. I'm like, uh, oh, there goes Armando Allen with his. Ah! Yup. Oh, and he stumbled and he still beat the, <laughs> the kicker. The most exciting play in football. That kicker grew up a lifelong Notre Dame fan, by the way. Just so, you, just <laughs> that, that that is actually a true narrative. He just got scored on a stumble from Armando Allen, who could normally never run twenty yards without uh, getting tackled. He's gonna get themselves back in this football game. And for those that may not remember, Armando Allen was one of the fastest football players in the state of Florida. Uh, that, of course, uh, which is a story for many Notre Dame recruits, uh, got hurt uh, in high school. And lost uh, a little bit more than a step, and then his time at Notre Dame was just uh, still had all the quickness, but the the long speed just was never there. You'd get like ten yards would be like his longest run, like for a season. Jude, I'm not going to let you escape with a Tom Hammond fact of the day without calling out the fact that it was a Tom Hammond fact of the day. That the kicker was a Notre Dame fan. Lifelong Notre Dame fan. That was my, that was my deep research. Jude, Jude was coming after Tom Hammond's job. That's what was going on. His last, his last name is Kelly, too. <laughs> is it EY, though, or why? Uh, I think it's just why, yeah. Great play again by Sergio. 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 I got himself a jab in the NFL. Biggest presence known. So what did you like the most about Sergio? Was it his hair or was it the fact that his name was Sergio? Many factors. He's a Chicago kid. He's Midwest. Uh, he had a man. He had a flash to him. I, I just... Yeah, the the dreads were definitely there. He just he played with a certain kind of flash and confidence. Him and Jimmy had a good were pretty good relationship. There was a lot of talk about uh, how they interacted in practice, and I just I just lashed on to him, and he be, he ended up becoming like the model for the uh, Subway Domer People's Champion. And and it was just it was criminal. He was ridiculously he was ridiculously athletic, and if every person you asked on that team. If you, like you did like the Jack Nolan, who's the most athletic player on the team, every single one of them would say Sergio Brown. Uh, it, ridiculous. And that Kyle McCarthy was starting to head at him. That shows you how <laughs> By the way, who's returning, returning this kick? Speaking of By the way, who's returning this kick? Look at this. Look at that. 
This is a good the fact back. that this, there's a flag. This is an absolute travesty because that's one of the most amazing punt returns you'll ever see. He went backwards, what, 15, 20 yards easily? 15, 20 yards. Yeah. Probably there's a play with this, Brendan. And that's what I, I that's what I meant about Grimes. <laughs> Get Grimes out of here, and then they bring in, in Gold, and what does he do? Grimes is fumbled. Takes take it to the house. Absolute travesty that didn't take stand. It was a rough of the kicker. Was that right? Who was that? A lot of people thought Hawaii would beat Notre Dame. <laughs> the only person who thought Hawaii was going to beat Notre Dame going into this game was Desmond Howard on, on game day, probably called for Hawaii to win. I mean, look, Notre Dame, Notre Dame lost all media respect after that long stretch between 94 and 08 for the bowl games anyways. Well, many different it's the curse of, the it's the so curse it, of it, 94. It on, yeah, I mean, it drags on even now. I mean, there's people are still like Notre Dame has not lost to an unranked team since 2016, which is the second longest streak in the country behind Alabama, who hasn't lost a team since 07. So, do you know who that team was in 07? I want to say it was Louisiana Monroe, but it, I don't think it was. No, it was. I'm pretty sure it was Louisiana Monroe. Was it? Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe it was, there was a team after them that they ended up losing to. But that, uh, that's like one of the games I remember most from Alabama and Saban. It's the fact they lost to Louisiana Monroe. Never forget. That's, that's going to be one of those things where you look back at like Ed Ogeron losing to Troy. Oh, man. <laughs> or Rich Rod losing to App State. <laughs> well, <laughs> on the inaugural first ever game broadcast on the Big Ten Network. The very first moments of that network being on the air, watching Michigan players show up with bloodshot eyes. And, uh, yeah, I made sure I, dude, I made sure I put the uh, Jim Delaney's greatest accomplishment was Notre Dame's hockey championships podcast back out because people were. Uh, Started to talk glowingly of Jim now that he's uh his retirement's official. Yeah, like last week or something. I love that he's you know saying, "Well, we got to take the long view on Rutgers in Maryland. Like, check back in fifty years." He literally know? said, "Yeah, we checked back, all right." Come on, man. If they didn't take Maryland and Rutgers, I think you can almost say with absolute certainty that Texas and other Texas school, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, are probably in the Big Ten right now and their super conferences. Well, all the, a lot of that all hinged on Texas itself. Texas, yeah. Texas called all the I mean, Texas is the reason why Nebraska's in the Big Ten because they got sick of their shit. Which I, which I actually accurately predicted uh, on a podcast with Michael Felder uh, like a year before all that. I had flat out told him Nebraska would be the one to jump. I, there, I, I, for some reason, I like doubt, I dove dug de- I dug deep. I don't really <laughs> investigate a whole lot. I started dive, diving into all that and found out there was all sorts of shit going on with Osborne and Texas and and uh, and kind of like yeah, well, cryptic talk about about it all. And I'm like, man, I bet they go. And sure enough, they did. And then it got all that. I mean, you could have had Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, in the Pac-12. Ooh. Yeah, that was that was a that was almost a done deal. Yeah. You know, there was there was a lot of concern for Kansas Kansas State what was going to happen to them because they were going to be left in the dust. 
There's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts. A lot of rumor. A lot of. Uh, I mean, if you were to look at the, it was, the it was 2008 actually, season it was that we're watching. And fair caught. Back then, it was less speculation. It was more like people were actually talking about this, but reporters were catching wind of it, so they were reporting it. So it it it, 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 it like a wildfire, like like speculation, but it was actually they were really talking about this crazy stuff. You know, you just forget guys like Nate Montana and Dane Chris were on this team until you see him on the sidelines. <laughs> I left it. I made sure to leave in a nice, uh, nice extended shot of uh, Nate Montana because they start showing. Are they going to get Nate Montana in the game before they put in uh, Sharply? Uh, Sharply, yeah. Which would have been hell unfair to Sharply. Yeah, I mean, Nate Montana didn't have a, a other than being the son of. Uh, Joe, well, he didn't have a reason to be in this football game. Well, he wasn't even think, on scholarship. Do you think if Evan Sharpley had coach in his Twitter name that he'd have more followers? <laughs> uh, I'm a big Evan Sharpley guy. Is that Muffet? I feel like Muffet there. <laughs> it looked like a, a pixel blob to me. Yeah, it looks like a, like a Pac-Man ghost. There's a blitz. Notre Dame trying to juice it, up a little, juice it up a little bit there with 10 minutes well, to go is, in, the, this is in the game. Corwin Brown takes the Miami job, Miami of Ohio job after this no, game. No, right? Mike Haywood does. Or Mike Haywood does. Yeah, yeah Mike Haywood. Yeah, that's right. He's already, he's already actually already taken it by this point. He's, he's a coach. He's, he's still a coach. Oh, there he is. He's coaching in this game, but he had already accepted the offer. As a senior. Who was that running the ball? Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. What number was he wearing? 25, right? Oh, was it 25? I, I thought it looked like 36 on my screen. I'm like, I don't remember this. What the hell? Yeah. And Alvin and uh, look at, look at Jonas Gray. Gonna be, I almost said Alvin Kamara. Duval Kamara is going to be in this game, too. God, what I could have. One more year of Jonas Gray would have been fantastic, too. On what on what uh, ligament? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do love the fact that with um, Kelly signing multiple five stars, air quotes, kind of uh, uh, this class that Jonas or that uh, Jonas Gray and James Aldridge's names are sort of popping up as uh, Notre Dame five star signings because there haven't been a ton on offense. I don't believe Jonas was a five star. He was a high four at a country day high school in Detroit. Aldridge. I thought Jonas was might have been a five star. No. James Aldridge for sure was. Aldridge on a, was, yeah. Had a Crown Point, Indiana there. See, I can do it too. I can, I can do the Tim Brando. Start pulling out the high school states. Why? Yeah. See, why didn't we get? G, I mean, you thought that. Well, why? Why didn't we pull uh, old Timmy B for this broadcast? That would have been a hit with the fans. <laughs> Because Timmy wasn't working for ESPN at the time. I, we, we, we aren't as cool as the Shamrock. They did uh, Matt Fortuna did an oral history about a great game of Tom Brady's collegiate career. Did he? Uh, how, be sure to tune in on that one. I, um, I'm already waiting with bated breath for his uh, uh, Minnesota Bowl game breakdown. 
And not to go too into the weeds on all that, but I'm kind of shocked that uh, Pete and Matt have uh, kind of uh, clapped back quite a bit on the. They had a lot of clap back in that um, that last uh, pop. Maybe just realize that uh, your main readers didn't really care for it and move on. They clapped back pretty hard on a lot of that. Oh, by acknowledging the fact that Timmy wasn't a, a popular guest. Yeah, they kept like joking, like, "Well, what about Reggie?" I mean, they were like, really, like, like you know, blowing people's shit for saying that. That was ridiculous. I just I thought that was interesting. Uh, it's funny. I didn't I didn't take it that way. I just felt like I, I felt like they were like, "Look, the deed is done, so we can just have a laugh about it," you know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't take it that way. <laughs> I took it more as like you dumb fans. Twenty-two of twenty-six. Maybe finally, after all the talk, nearly a perfect game, and most of it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, he only options. had one. Really, he only had one real incompletion, right? No, the wide receivers had their hands on all four balls, I believe. On all four. Yeah. Okay, I thought there was one that was a little iffy. And one was a touchdown. Should have been a touchdown. The Floyd one was like a basically a jump ball, so. But he Maybe that's what I was thinking. Maybe that was the one it kind of. The water slides and all that during the year. he's coming. Man, what? What incredible fun this game was. So that's and it's the badge. There's st- there's still <laughs> there's still a defensive breakdown to come. <laughs> so this this set records Notre Dame records for completion percentage, minimum ten attempts, passing yards four hundred one, touchdown passes five. Pass reception yards, 177 for Golden Tate. Uh, also got him over 1,000 yards for the season, which was only the sixth 1,000-yards receiving season in Notre Dame history. Touchdown receptions, Golden Tate, three. Total offensive yards, 395, Jimmy Clausen. There was a Duval Kamara sighting. Points, 18, Golden Tate, tied with a bunch of others. Touchdowns, Golden Tate, three, tied with a bunch of others. Uh, Brandon Walker set the record for extra points in a bowl game. And the longest kickoff return, Armando Allen, went 96. It was actually the first kickoff kickoff return for a touchdown since... Having an outstanding season, the completion. Oh, Tom I, 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 he is, uh, he is What's that? Tom's a big He never did kicks. <laughs> no, just punts. Yeah. So. Montez Duff against Navy in 2002. Mm, one of my one of my all times. I love Montez. Love seeing him up on campus on game day. See him there every once in a while. I'm really just enjoying seeing the burst. Jonas Grant, God. Jimmy had 15 passing yards per attempt in this game. He had a a couple of bombs. A couple of bombs. Those two bombs to Golden certainly helped those numbers. And the one to to Rudolph. I love that. I love that special teams work. Those guys, those guys play the league for years. This, yeah, I said this, this team was filled with great, uh, Special teams guys for the NFL. Yeah, there's Haywood. Well, also, just a, just another shot of uh, Aesop Schwab. Rest in peace. Uh, passed away way before his time there. Bruton uh, is a is. And there's working. Charlie Junior. Charlie Junior sighting. Getting high five from old Jimmy. Bruton's working on his doctorate now, right? Is that the deal? Oh, I don't know, but that I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's um, 
uh, I want to say a therapist or um, uh, he was a teacher in Colorado. I, I remember that. Like, uh, I think he's working with the with the uh, with the Eagles with the Broncos still. Okay. Yeah, I remember he was like teaching, like while he was playing, or did, some of that felt like with a school. He was doing something, not not just not just like regular volunteer work either, like actual teaching, like maybe like like a substitute or something like that. Yeah, he's a, he's he's working on his doctor of physical therapy at the Colorado University School of Medicine. Yeah, he's uh he's hashtag Ohio down there in Miamisburg. God, man, Tim Brando, I'm coming for you, buddy. Bruton had to retire from the NFL because he got hit in the head too many times. It's the life of a special teamer. That's why yeah. Don Beebe had uh, three extra shells on his head. Ethan Johnson had a short career in the NFL too. I think that he had he had issues like that too, if I recall correctly. Where was uh, where was Ethan Johnson at? In the, he went in the to Kansas NFL. City, if I recall correctly. Okay, okay. I keep I kept thinking Seattle, but that's actually. Uh, Ethan Johnson is from Portland, Oregon. So uh, I, I want to make this point because I made it on the uh, the uh, abandoned podcast. But at one point, not in, during this game, but before this game, ESPN ran a crawl of all 89 teams that had won a postseason game since the last time Notre Dame had won its game in 1994. Who does that? Did, did they do that to other teams? Do you think? No. <laughs> There's no other and like I get it. There's a team. There's a team right now that's that's really struggling in their bowl games. That who is that? Because there's one right now that hasn't won a, a bowl game. And is it Miami? I'm trying to think of the last Miami has won a bowl game in a hot minute, right? There's a there's a team out there that's sniffing some some bad bowl stuff right now that they had they had just mentioned. I think during the Army Navy coverage in 2007, but he had some off the field issues. Oh, there's right in front of them. Touchdown to Washington. But they won't do that to any other team. Yeah, that one. That, that uh, not, not the '89 teams. <laughs> Ticker tape. Kelly. Lifelong Notre Dame fan. And that's not like getting those '89 teams. That's not just something that. that rolls off the tongue that's one of those instances where they hire a guy to go look up all the teams that you know what would be real funny uh to to scroll all the teams that have won bowl games but notre dame hey elias uh why don't you get on that for us and i don't even think there was an elias sports bureau back in 2008 so they were real petty <laughs> Back in the bowl game this year, gets a bowl Love it. The countdown begin. You know, th- this game, you know, they were doing – Sergio Brown's out there doing backflips. They celebrated this bowl win like they won the national championship. I'm not shitting you. They, they went all out celebrating this one on the field. Epic. Uh, apparently, Memphis is, has the current most consecutive losses four years in a row. And had a that's it. Yeah. Maybe they were just talking about like an overall record. I swear, maybe they were talking about just Miami, period, like their overall bowl record. This has been a presentation of ESPN. The yeah, because Miami's only lost two games in a row. Did Buffalo get their first bowl win ever today? I know Buffalo's uh, been pretty futile. They've maybe only played four bowl games. What's unfortunate about all this is as, the, as our recording comes to an end of Jimmy throwing out the 
the stripper hands is that we don't get a shot. There's no shot there of uh, that gorgeous Hawaii Bowl trophy. <laughs> no, you know, no shots of them hoisting it up. Funny story. I mean, where where were they going? It was Christmas Eve. They didn't have enough time to stick around for a for a trophy presentation. Who knows where that Hawaii trophy is anyway, huh? Uh, I I I couldn't tell you where it is today, but I could tell you where it was in 2013 when I encountered it. <laughs> a mere five years later, uh, in the <laughs> FIM offices, hanging out uh, above an abandoned television. Uh, if I recall correctly, <laughs> this is uh, how they lost the damn Shillelagh Trophy, Jude. Basically, yeah, the story the Western one. Yeah, the story that was told to me was like, you know, that year, I guess they they had discovered like basically a storage area, a bunch of old white shit. And they found the Hawaii Bowl trophy in there. And they're like, ah, let's grab that. (laughs) Was was it in a big warehouse with uh, with huge crates in the Ark of the Covenant? I mean, like the mind reels, right? Like was, was the, uh, were the, uh, the Hawaiian shirts in there too? Uh, you know, you know, I, I would bet, I would bet that that trophy is, is being displayed now though. Brian Kelly makes a huge, and, and this is one of the things I like about Kelly makes a big point about hardware. You know what I mean? Like even I, I would bet that that's up there now. Like okay. he's making sure that cause how a trophy's about, a trophy. So a kid coming that, in as a recruit, right? Like the the wonderful people on this podcast buy a Knights of Columbus steak sandwich for the first person who can show us visual proof of where the Hawaii Bull trophy is currently located. I, I will do that. I will do that. <laughs> Tweet at us at one foot down. Yeah, those aren't talked about enough on this podcast, are those steak sandwiches. <laughs> Shout yeah, out to the KFC. It's the real deal. Yeah, fantastic. And they got a good raffle going. You go over there, and I mean, usually, uh, usually it's for tickets. It's a good. Th- it's a good. It's a win-win because those sandwiches are money. People get lost in the Nelsons up around uh, the Joyce, but uh, like KFC steak sandwich is something else. I think one reason why Kelly's so hype about trophies is when he was at Cincinnati. Cincinnati used to play for some dope trophies when he was there, like the keg and nails. Oh, the keg and nails. Yeah. That's a, uh, there was the, uh, what's the one, um, there was a pit one. Cause I just read that athletic article about the oral history of, uh, uh, Pike to, uh, really oh, yeah, no, that game was incredible. That game was incredible. Oh, and Kelly's Kelly coming over to Pike at halftime and, and telling, uh, telling, uh, Tony Pike, uh, if you, they're, they're, if you lose this game or if you don't pick up your play, you're going to have to explain to all your teammates why you didn't have a, uh, why we didn't finish an undefeated season. And Pike was like, that was the end of our halftime adjustments. <laughs> I mean, it was that, it was that game that locked it up for me. Like, all right, let's go get, let's go get this guy. Yeah. That was it for me too. In the snow. That was, uh, I, I think for a lot of Notre Dame fans, I mean, we, his name was up in the, was always mentioned and but uh really that game was like a prime game i mean you had, was my head coach when i was at central michigan i was, at, right. I was you, at, had dan, you had dan lefevre i had dan lefevre and i remember there was uh in kelly's i think it was the second season boston college came to town on a thursday night and we were on espn2 it was uh boston it, it always sunny kelly short stadium and it was boston college central michigan 
And uh, my wife and I, my well now wife and I, got kicked out of the student sections because I started a fuck Doug Flutie chant at the top of my lungs and like the 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 announce because we were just like it's Thursday night football. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Kelly and Flutie couldn't be more on brand as well as the maction involved on brand for this site. <laughs> so they kicked us out of the stadium and then we came back in through the opposite exit and Brian Kelly ended up riverboat gambler. Uh, going for it uh, at the end of the game there and ended up losing to Boston College. But he almost popped Boston College on a Thursday night. And that's what sold it for me, for what I can remember. I was very drunk. I mean, maybe, I mean, you got the casino there in Mount Pleasant. He was, he was just doing what came natural to him. Oh, yeah. When, when, I, was doing, right when I was doing my Hawaii Bowl um, research, I came across an article where Brian Kelly uh, was talked about, rumored in connection with the Tennessee job and uh, – and and then also sort of peripherally mentioned maybe as a replacement for Charlie Weiss after the 2008 season. And he said something along the lines of like, I'm very happy to be a Bearcat, um, you know, never say never, but I can see myself being here for a long time or something yeah. like that. It's like left the very next year. So, well, I mean, they won the, 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 the quote, the quote they kept playing back and forth was Herb Street kept, he kept saying it over and over again, Brian Kelly will crawl to South Bend for that job. I mean, I, I bet he said it at least a dozen times in that yeah. last month of the season. It was a real shady operation how he got out of there. It was at like their version of the Echoes. Marty Gilliard famously, uh, the, like Brian Kelly had to like sneak out the back or something. Yeah, no, Marty I mean, was, anytime that happens, I, mean, I, don't care, I don't care who you are, where you are. And that's like you're at a, you know, mid-major, whatever you want to call it. And you get the call up to, to one of your, these blue, blue there, there's no good way to go about it. There's no. no, and the fact if that you want to save like, a recruiting class too. Yeah. I mean, there's no good way to go about it. It's it's, if there is one, I haven't seen one yet. So, I mean, yeah, just we'll see, we'll see what Luke Fickle does next year when Michigan state finally comes crawling after Mark, Mark D'Antonio is bringing the band back and Michigan state goes, you know, four and eight next year. And then they'll I mean, bring in right Luke back Fickle. down. To, I mean, the D'Antonio came from Cincinnati. They're just going to yeah. dip right back down to the Bearcats. I mean, Cincinnati should be in the Big Twelve, anyways. That's a joke, but <laughs> that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, so you should. All right, so, guys, uh, we got we got any uh, anything else to add to this? I hope you guys enjoy this. Like, look, we re- we realize that it's a little different, a little strange um, for us, anyways. Uh, but I hope uh, hope this all works out. I hope it was something enjoyable. Look, uh, it's Christmas time. Like I said, we all got stuff we're going on. I know as a dad, I, a lot of years, and even now, the night before is just like, there's a ton of stuff to do. <laughs> so hopefully maybe this podcast kept you, you busy, kept you, kept you happy. It was a great, it was a great game. I, I know we all have these high standards set for Notre Dame and national championships and all that stuff. But, but, you know, once you get down in the pit, like a 2007, three, nine year, you know, you have to crawl before you can walk and walk before you run. And this was one of those moments. This was a, this was just a fun game to watch. And it was the bowl game that we, we haven't won a bowl game. Uh, so, you know, I will always uh, look fondly at the Hawaii bowl and uh, man, dude, I don't know. If, I, I think I would have just want to grab that trophy and ran out of the FIDM office. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty, yeah, sure. pretty heavy trophy. <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll hoist that bad boy up. <laughs> So you guys got anything else to add on, on all this? I just want to say to everyone, uh, thank you so much for your support this year and for listening. 
Have a very Merry Christmas. A, a happy New Year if we don't talk to you before then. Uh, we probably will, probably because we'll talk about the bowl game. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully we didn't talk over each other too much because I know they can get annoying. But uh, just, yeah, have a have I a thought beer. we did pretty well. I just talked over you right now. but I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I had my finger on the mute. <laughs> I, who, who knows? I mean, I don't know. It, look, we are not professional podcasters. Uh, we are doing this because there is an audience for whatever nonsense comes out of my mouth and the knowledge that comes out of Jude's mouth and the great entertainment that comes out of Brendan's mouth. Now, uh, it just, it is what it is. And we, but we do hear the, the compliments and I appreciate them. And we do hear the, the critiques and we are, we are trying to, uh, to, to, to rectify some of that. So, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Jude. I would, uh, I would like to add, as we sort of in uh, memoriam of this Hawaii bowl and uh, leading up to the next bowl game, the camping world bowl, always be on team more bowls, never be on team less bowls, more football is always better than less football. And going into this game against Iowa state, I know that there is some hand wringing from certain subsections of the fan base. I've seen, we've all seen the pass around uh, Facebook posts and silly things on Twitter about how Notre Dame shouldn't accept the game. Just remember that the 2008 Hawaii bowl against Hawaii among the three of us here might be, some of the more joyful bowl experiences that we've had. And we got that out of the Hawaii bowl. And who knows going into this camping world bowl, you know, 10 years from now, we might be doing a podcast on an introspective about how much fun we had, you know, watching the champ sports slash now camping world bowl slash insight bowl, whatever it was. Um, Micron so just the blockbuster Micron, bowl blockbuster bowl so just keep that in mind when it comes to the bowl season and leading up to this game we get to watch our football team that we love so much an additional time uh the day after christmas on the most holy of canadian holidays boxing day (laughs) and this is something that we should treasure no it's on the 28th uh two day uh a few days at two days after uh yeah don't don't get chased after us no, no, but yeah, I mean, just just keep that in mind uh, going into the to the game that this could be great. Brent, Brendan's uh, Brendan's thing there just sounded like a Bluto in, in Animal House. Like, did we give up with the uh, Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? <laughs> Don't stop, <laughs> stop, stop. He's on a roll. He's on a roll. Just no. like, we're just gonna go with it. Uh, so again, uh, th- thank you guys for everything. This running uh, one foot down is a uh, is a great pleasure to me. Um, but it's also a lot of work and I have a lot of help, um, not just from these two fellows here, but, you know, also, you know, like Pat Sullivan, uh, you know, Lisa Kelly, everybody, Lauren Dangle, Billy Gorman, you know, Leo Garcia, what's that? Brad Wechter. Yeah. There's, we got a large staff, uh, and I get a lot of help from everybody and I really, really enjoy what, uh, what we do and, uh, hopefully you do too. So I, I'm hoping that we get another podcast in for the end of the year, but just in case we're sneaking all this, uh, we're just sneaking all that good vibe in for it. Cause Hey, it's Christmas time. So go enjoy it with your families. Thanks for listening and, uh, go Irish.